Alright, the barber session is here. And today, as promised, man, we're delivering you one of the top industry leaders. And what our plan is with this podcast is provide content, especially for these new wave barbers who are looking for that mentorship, who are looking for insight from, from people who are successful behind the chair, man, and outside of the chair. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Your host, Chris Basio and Christian Perez. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Barber Session. Hope everybody had a good week. Appreciate those that are sharing the podcast. We're getting a lot of listens. With that being said, how was your week, Basio? Uh, my week was great, man. My week was um, amazing, um, but it's about to get even better because uh, somebody that I've looked up to for a long time coming into this industry is on the phone with us. Live. This dude, we're going to be at the Orlando premiere. We said that in last week's episode. We got a booth. This dude has been at the Orlando premiere I, I don't know how many times bro just you know sure. motivating people and teaching classes is amazing I'm sure if you've been to any barbering event you've probably um, learned so, um, some some wisdom from this guy right here and uh, with that being said welcome to the show Danny how you doing I'm good man thank you fellas what's going on chilling chilling so guys we have Danny Memorial on the show tonight this guy is a Andis platform artist and educator he owns multiple barber shops He's an exotics uh, educator and, and an exotics team member and a motivational speaker. So, Danny, t- tell us a little bit about yourself, man. How, how did you get into barbering? Why did you choose barbering? Uh, barbering actually chose me, man. It just happened to be like that. I started like a lot of guys, you know, being a kid, needed a haircut. Parents couldn't afford a haircut, so I picked a pair of trimmers and started to shape myself up. Then I went from a pair of trimmers to a pair of clippers, started to cut my hair. I gave myself uh, quite a few bad haircuts, but <laughs> it was better than no haircut, you know. And I just started cutting, like cutting people in the neighborhood, uh, cutting people that I went to school with, picked it up as a hobby, but nothing I really thought I could take serious. But I always had work ethic, you know. I kept a job since I was 15. I worked at McDonald's. I worked in a, I was a landscaper. I worked construction. I worked in a sweatshop. I worked in Kmart. <laughs> mean, mean, like if it made dollars, it made sense to me. So my work ethic was there. I kept cutting on the side, but never really maximized the cutting. But we didn't have the outlets that we have today, or even the vision to want to be a barber the way we have it today. I never looked up to a barber when I was a kid. Like it didn't look like a great job. It looked like a cool job, you know. But I didn't think I could live the way I live comfortably, cutting hair. And graduated high school, kept a couple jobs, like I said, and then it got to a point where college wasn't for me. And it was either going to the military or cutting hair, man. And I picked up some clippers, and here we are. Well, I, I got to tell you, man, and I'm pretty sure my, my, my guy sitting next to me here can agree. Uh, when, you, when you were coming up, like you said, there was a, many people to look up to, man. I, I must have worn out my phone or worn out the, the play button on that video you dropped. <laughs> the Clippers Barbershop video with you getting the kicks and riding around the van, bro. That video, it got me through barber school, bro. There was probably like a handful of barbering videos out there on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, Danny you, you saw the them. vision uh, early on and he posted that YouTube video. And with that, it was more of where now there's a lot more YouTube videos selling stuff, you know, where originally I just wanted to show the lifestyle of it. Like, I ain't selling nothing here. I'm just showing you what barbers are really capable of doing. And it's not just cutting. You know what I mean? And we change people's lives with a haircut, bro, let alone the way they feel, the way they look. Like, they come into the shop. They want our haircuts. They want their beard to look like ours. They want the sneakers that we're rocking. They want to know what spot to go out to because we're the outlet for everything, you know? Absolutely. 
So we, we got a couple a couple questions that you know have been submitted by people that listen to the show on the regular. They've been highly anticipated you coming on the show. Awesome. So I'm going to start out with, uh, you know, how did you become an Andis platform artist and educator, man? Did they reach out to you? Did you reach out to them? Did you just, they just recognize you and they reached out? How did that come about? Well, I'm from New Jersey, and there was no barbering course to New Jersey for years. Like, I'm a New Jersey Cosmo. Like, I don't have a barber license in New Jersey. I'm a state board Cosmo, Cosmo in New Jersey, but I got a barber license from New York. Because I went to school in New York, got my barber license. Then I came to New Jersey and did the regular hours and got my Cosmo license. So I'm both. But they didn't have the barbering course in Jersey. Me being a shop owner, hard to find barbers with licenses. Nobody wants to go to Cosmo school. Nobody wants to spend 1,300 hours learning how to do pin curls and finger waves. <laughs> but they need to learn how to cut hair, you know? Yeah. So I filled that void seeing other people on the internet, like Ivan Zoo and a Kenny Duncan. Like, these guys are teaching barbering. Like, I could do this, you know? So I created an educational resume and started going to schools in my area, started going to different salons in my area and doing the shit on my own, you know? And from me doing it on my own and then creating YouTube videos, I started getting a lot of good feedback from all over the country, let alone the world, you know? And it was dope, it felt good, you know? Like all this shit that I've been doing is actually working out and it's making sense and people are noticing it, you know? Like, so I'm no longer just that barber in my city because that's what I wanted to be. I no longer wanted to be just the guy in my city. I'm already rocking 50, 60 hours a week prices keep going up i'm good i'm comfortable where i'm at but i still want a little more so i I decided to maximize it with the education and to showcase it a free outlet which was youtube and then facebook was out this was way before instagram and twitter you know and back then you could actually post your video on people's pages like personally so i spent endless nights bro sitting on that computer copy and pasting copy and pasting copy and pasting copy and pasting putting it on people's pages so they saw it no matter what you know yeah. And just that consistency, when I spoke to other people in the industry, it was like, yo, D, you got to start going to these hair shows, man. You got to put the face behind a video. People want to see who you are. They want to meet you. And I never thought it could be to that. Like, really? Like, um, okay, sure. <laughs> so I booked the flight, got me a hotel, and flew to Atlanta all by myself to Browner Brothers maybe about six years ago. And I walked around with a book bag full of Love My Craft t-shirts, bro. And just try to, you know, showcase them, pass them out, sell them, take pictures with certain people to try to repost it. Like, it was just a whole marketing technique to try to get on there and make some of my money back, you know? <laughs> yeah. But while I was out there, you know, I'm meeting people. I'm networking. I'm shaking hands. And I had my clippers with me, and they asked me if I wanted to showcase on the Andes stage. I'm wow. like, really? Me? Like, wow. hell yeah. Wow. What? And they're like, today. Meanwhile, I got on LeBron South Beach 8 <laughs> with... A pink and uh, an aqua green Love My Craft t-shirt <laughs> with a snapback to match. I remember that shirt because I wanted and, those eights really bad. I remember that shirt. You know what I mean? Like, And I just got those eights, bro. Like, When I was filming that video, when I pulled them out of that jukebox, like I bought them that day. And dude, break me for them, but it just felt good. So I bought them anyway. I ain't care. So I rocked them that day, and I remember getting color on them and everything. Like, man, it was just a crazy experience. But it was... It was kind of like, look at this dude on the end of stage, you know? Like, they never saw anybody up there with sneakers and a snapback. And like, but that's me. That's always been me, you know? But I rocked up there, did two great haircuts. And just that feel being up there was like, you know what? I'm going to get back up here one day. I'm going to do what it takes, you know? So I started continue to keep coming and keep showing face and keep shaking hands to the point where people are like, who is this guy, you know? And I gave them my resume and told them what I was capable of doing for them and for their company and they gave me a trial run at IBS Jacob Javits 
five years ago and I worked one day and I rocked out. And when I rocked out, Ivan was still with the company and the owner of the company, which is Harry, he's like the big boss. Mm -hmm. He came up to me at the end of the, the show and was like, here, here's my card, man. You did an awesome job. If you ever need something in the future, feel free to reach out. Maybe about three months later, I don't know if anybody really knew, but Ivan Zoot left Andes. I didn't know that. So, wow, I did not know either. <clears throat> when Ivan Zoot left Andes, it was like Mike left the Bulls. Like, what do you do? You know? <laughs> wow. Like, how do you replace Mike? And Andes realized that you can no longer put the rock in one person's hand. We're going to create a starting five. We're going to put a few people on the bench, and we're going to have a good, nice ten. And that's what they ended up doing. So it was... Some of it was timing, you know what I mean? Some of it was persistence. Some of it was when he finally looked up my stuff. He asked me, like, I, well, I reached out to him after this whole Zoot thing happened because Zoot was my way in. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to him, like, hey, you said if I ever needed something, feel free to reach out. I need something. <laughs> I'm comfortable where I was and I want to stay where I'm at. Like, how do we continue to do this? So he made me start from scratch and send me his, send him my license send my resume, send pictures, send videos, send everything. Meanwhile, I had all this stuff sitting in my computer, so I flooded his email within 24 hours. <laughs> you were ready so, to go, man. Yeah, and that's what it is. When it comes to opportunities and they knock, if you're not ready and you fumble, chances are you might not get that ball back, bro. Yeah, that's, you know? something, that's something we brought up on this show a couple times. You got to seize the opportunity. And you got to be ready to seize the opportunity. One, yeah, that main one, the first one that I said was my license. That's number one, you know? Like... I know how this industry is and I know how it works and especially when it comes to barbers and hey, if you ever want to grow, if you're an electrician, you're a licensed electrician, you get bigger jobs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Same thing with us barbers. We can make a lot of money in our barbershop with no license. That's cool. That's fine. I want to make more money than that money I'm making in my barbershop. And right now I'm making it because I have a license. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And then also I already had all this footage and all this other stuff. I had the credentials so I was ready. It's not like, damn, now I got to go to the barbershop and shoot a video this week because I don't have one, you know? Yeah. Like, I had footage already, and this is stuff that if you want to grow, you got to have. Like, you guys know, you carry around cameras, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. now it's turned into bigger. Like, there's barbers that are better, for, better photographers than they cut hair now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this camera game is crazy. <laughs> but years ago, none of this stuff was, was allowed. It was phone cameras, but man. You actually had to walk a beat and do the work yourself other than rely on Instagram but people still rely on Instagram and to me it's a great asset it's an awesome platform but you can't rely on Instagram man you got to be a people person you got to reach out and shake people's hands and actually be you know personable instead of just being a cool guy in the corner definitely so so Danny what's your favorite part of being up on that stage man in front of all those people like what what is it that, that keeps calling you back to get back on stage I feed off people and when I get the response of like even you guys are just saying like the videos inspired you they motivated you you got through barber school because of a video I made like when I made these videos I never in my life thought that those things would be possible and that would be the outcome of these things so when I started to get feedback like that from a video from a show from a class I said I gotta keep doing this I gotta keep going more and a perfect example is CT Barber Expo was probably the biggest crowd I ever spoke to. It was over 650 barbers and stylists in one room. Wow. <clears throat> wow. And to be able to just captivate by yourself is difficult. Public speaking is not easy, and personally, I never thought I'd be able to do it. Now I've gotten comfortable over time because it's just like cutting hair. 
consistency, you're going to get better, you know? Yeah. But I was able to speak in front of that crowd for about an hour, and the response I got after that class, the DMs I was getting, the emails I was getting about, thank you, I'm not even a barber, and you inspired me. Other barbers in Silas, yo, thank you, I needed that. Like, it was just crazy, man. So it's like, I feed off people. So I felt like I went harder since there were so many people in the room. And a guy that's been to a few of my classes came up to me and said, yo, D, I've been to a couple of your classes, bro. I always get some type of gem when I leave. But today, today, bro, I don't know what the hell you drank before you got here, but you were different. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know, man. I fed off the crowd. You know, it was like 650 people in the crowd. So you got to do work. And that's being able to do that in front of that many people is more of now I know I could do that again in another room full of that people. I know the capabilities of what we can do, you know. So you said six fifty. Six fifty, bro. We just taught a class three months ago, and I was nervous to speak in front of forty-five. So I'm fighting my public speaking, <laughs> public speaking demons myself. Six <laughs> fifty. Yeah, get it, but one main thing I'm gonna tell every barber that wants to be an educator, that wants to be a public speaker, create ballpoints, bro. Create ballpoints. Create ballpoints. Stick to your ballpoints. Even if you got to write them down on a screen behind you, on a teleprompter, anything. You can look at it with your crowd, look at it with your class, you stick to your structure. You don't create ballpoints, you're going to repeat yourself, you're going to stutter, you're going to create an ad lib and you're going to say it over and over and over. Like the other day I did a speech with somebody, I'm going to say who it was, and he kept saying at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, and at the end of the day. (laughs) And it's because sometimes you fill it. That's what you call a filler, you know? Yeah. So without that structure... You can't fill it because you need that filler. So I mentioned it to him and I told him about the ballpoints and he's like, you know what? I think that will help me. And it helped me when I first started. So I know it helps others, you know? And this way you're not looking down at your phone. You're not looking at your iPad and it looks like you forgot, you know? Exactly. But if you got it on a board behind you, y'all all look at it together. And this is the next thing we're going to talk about. You stick to your agenda. No, and you involve the class with you so they feel like they're a part of it. They're going, they're going down the bullet points with you. And they read it once they first walk into the class, even before you start. So it's like, oh, this is what we're learning today. Yeah? Exactly. So I'm, I'm going to hit the, little, the rewind button here a little bit for you. Uh, when you were first starting out, you told us a little bit about your story, but when you were first starting out, what was the biggest hurdle you had as an up-and-coming barber? Like, what, what was the biggest thing you had to get over? You know, was it being in the shop with, with, with more, you know, barbers more experienced than you? Was it, you know, getting better with your haircuts? What was the biggest hurdle you faced? Yeah, for me, it was just getting nice with my haircuts. I'll never forget the night before I first started in my first barbershop. I couldn't sleep, bro. I had nightmares of messing people's hair up and how they would react to it. Because my clientele were all my friends and my neighbors. So you're going to see them every day. <laughs> stranger now for 15, 20 bucks. And he wants a great haircut. If you can't give him a great haircut, it's a problem. Yeah, I had, I had my battles and my struggles. You know, I've been there. I understand. So that's why when I teach a class... I speak about these situations when your fade's getting higher and higher, higher and higher. You start looking <laughs> to the left, you start looking to the right. That sweat bead starts going down your back. You're like, damn, this little fade is a high-ass fade right now. Like, Turn them around, start working on the other side. Like, I'm going to get back to that later. <laughs> hey, so, so, Danny, as an educator, um, what do you see being one of the biggest struggles uh, um, somebody learning to cut hair has? Like, what... You, you know what what do they face that them that's like you know the the most common occurrence that most people just can't get over 
I don't want to say can't get over, but one question that I give every single one of my classes, and I don't care, they got five year, 10 year, 15 year experience. When I tell you maybe 5% of the class raises their hand and has the answer to this, I find it crazy. And then after I explain to them exactly why it is what it is, they're like, oh, and I'm like, you've been kind of here for 20 years and you never knew this? <laughs> and it's motor types. Like, there's motor types in all our clippers. And knowing what motor type is in your clippers, knowing what clipper to pick up for a certain procedure. How many times have we ran a clipper through somebody's head and it's going, yeah. ah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Clients are like, what the hell is that? Do you guys know why that's doing that? That's true. I'm, yeah. Now I'm going to put you out on the spot. <laughs> I to do it. Go ahead, go ahead. I got a question for you. Now you're under the heat. Do you know why that clipper's doing that? Do you know what type of motor type that clipper has? Magnetic. Magnetic. My man, see? This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> is, if you grab that magnetic clipper right now, turn it on with your finger, you can stop it. Oh, yeah. You know? So if you're trying to eliminate bulk with that, eliminate weight, if you got coarse hair, there's product in it, that's what's going to happen. It's going to clog it and crank you. Go grab your uh, MVPs. Go grab your... You know, your super ZRs. That's your rotary. That's your work. MVPs, those are my go-tos. So, so Danny, in, in your station, do you carry one of each motor? Yeah, absolutely. Even multiples. I'm going to put you on the spot now. Is yeah. Because me, me, I know the I know the answer for me and Basio, and it's not because you're on the show. All I carry is Andis, my man. Is all, you ca- is all you carry is Andis? That's all I carry. Always did. So when I started working for them, it wasn't like I had to learn a whole new clipper. Like, I've been using these clippers forever. Like, I know these things like the back of my hand. Like, I'm a master head, bro. Like, I own a million pairs of masters. Bro, I just I love masters, man. And I just started my YouTube channel, and it's growing really, at a really good rate. And the number one question I get is, Chris, why can't you do a, a tutorial with walls? Because like, I don't own walls, man. <laughs> my mama told me never say four letter words, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Thanks, man. That was nice. <laughs> Oh man, yo. So, uh, so Danny, uh, you're you're a shop owner, right? How many shops do you have? Yeah, I know you have more than one location. Three. Three. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you, what was the biggest hurdle you faced opening your first one? Opening my first one, I had a small spot, four chairs, and the scariest part was going on my own, you know. But the biggest benefit, and I always say it to barbers that are ready to open their own shop, you need to build a clientele. You need to build a clientele to the point where you can open a barbershop by yourself and do not need any barbers. So when you hire them, you don't need them. You're giving them an opportunity. There's a difference there. Because when they know you need them, they have leverage and they're going to do what they want. I have structure. My barbers don't do what they want. I'm giving them opportunities. They create careers here. They grow here. They learn here. This is a job. This is a business. You're not just barbers. If you want to be that, then you might want to go somewhere else. And I built off that, you know. Very nice. So, any advice or any 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 nuggets or anything, any gems for anybody? If if you have one, okay. So there's a lot of people that listen to the show that that are shop owners. But if you're trying to get to multiple locations, like take that next step, you're looking at your bank account and you're like, man, do I have enough to make it? Do I have enough to scale and open up a second and a third and a fourth? Any advice for anybody that's looking to open up multiple locations? Two main objectives. Number one, my other locations, I work out of my second location. I have a partner in my first location and a partner in my third location. I have partners in my shops. They have money invested, they have time invested, and they see income monthly. 
I wish I wish you could see my face right now, man. I don't mean to interrupt you because that's the same exact structure that we run. When people when people got skin in the game, it means something to them. You know what I mean? Yep, and that's what it is. Where now you have something to lose. You know, where now I'm just gonna let you run my shop. You're gonna get tired of running my shop. You're not gonna be able to fire anybody. You're not gonna be able to put your foot down. So it's not gonna run right. You know? Yep. And for somebody to come to me and say they want to be my partner and they're not barbers at all. Oh, no, nah, don't waste my time. You know? <laughs> it never works. They always no. have unrealistic expectations, man. I don't I don't need a person for their money. I got good credit. Bars. That's the second one that I'm talking about. You could have a license. You could be a talented barber. But if you need to open up something, sometimes, hey, man, this is America. You got credit. Yeah. If you got credit, you could do whatever the hell you want, whenever <laughs> you want. You know what I mean? And that's a beautiful gem to have right there. Build your credit, man. If you start with department store credit cards, working into other credit cards, like I got awesome credit. My credit score is seven eighty eight, bro. Whew. That's what that's I what got I... cash in my pocket every single day, but I got credit, my brother. So if I run out of my last dollar, I can go anywhere and get a buck. So have you have you always kept your, your credit A one? Yeah. I'm very anal about that. And always I... been. I think that's one of the biggest the biggest challenges for barbers making this a, a actual career, a actual business. They don't they'll pay attention to their finances. What tips would you give as far as finances for barbers? They got to create structure when it comes to their finances. Just because you make a thousand dollars a week, don't mean you can blow nine hundred. You know, you make five hundred, you should be spending a hundred and saving four. Yeah. When I first started cutting, if I came home with two twenty one, two hundred when I put away, and I walked out of the house with twenty one dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm 36 now, bro. I'll be 36 next month. And I still do stuff like that. Now, once in a while, I keep extra money in my back pocket just in case because I got so much responsibility going on. Sometimes I need to have this money in my pocket, you know? Mm-hmm. But most of the time, I this in my front pocket is what I can spend. Because if you got $500 in your pocket, you're going to spend money. Yeah. If you got money in your pocket, if it's not in your pocket, you can't spend it. Yeah. And if you want to build credit, hey, I remember my first time going to the bank getting a loan. I got a loan for 10 G's because I was going to move out of my mom's house and get myself an apartment. I never ended up moving out. I put that 10 G's in the bank and I paid the bank back every single month. I knocked that three-year loan out in a year and a half. Did I pay interest on it? Yeah. Did I lose money? No, I invested money because I built my credit doing that and I saved 10 G's. But can you save 10 G's by yourself? You won't pay yourself, but you'll pay somebody else first. So if you're going to do that, then discipline yourself that way. Go get a loan and pay him first, because you're not going to pay yourself. Mm, this is if true. If you're paying me $200 a week for your rent, why are you not paying yourself $200 a week? Yep. $200 a week, $800 a month, 10 months, that's 8 Gs, bro. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, if you're, if you're a barber, bro, you don't got at least 10 Gs sitting around somewhere, shame on you. This is true, man. I mean, we see me and Bowser see it every day, man. Guys make four hundred dollars today, and they go out and they spend four hundred dollars because I'm gonna yeah. make because I'm gonna make it tomorrow. It's all good. I'm gonna make it tomorrow. Yeah, and man, okay. tomorrow hey. turn, tomorrow turns into next week. Next week turns into next month. Next month turns into next year. Next year turns into ten years. And next thing you know, you got nothing. Nothing. Now you're tired. Now you can't stand for twelve hours a day. Now you're tired of telling what it used to be. Mm-hmm. When you up, bro, you up. But sometimes you ain't gonna stay up. Yeah. So you gotta put that up while you can, bro. While you're healthy. If you break your hand, you break your leg, you break your knee. Can you go six months without working? Nope. That's you know real. what I mean? That's real. I mean, Jim Rohn said it best. He says, "If you're if you're born broke, that's not your fault. But if you die broke, that's all your fault. You ain't yeah. saving your money." I came from a household. We ain't have it like that, bro. I lost my pops when I was fifteen. I'm the youngest of three. My mom had to take care of us. Like I said, once I was fifteen, I got a job, bro. Ma, I don't need you to take care of me. I'm gonna take care of myself. 
I just need you to take care of the household, make sure we good. But I got my stuff. You don't got to buy me shit. My mom hasn't bought me anything since I was 15 years old. I bought my own kicks, my own clothes, my own everything. So it taught me how to be a man. You know what I mean? And now I like nice stuff. I got a lot of shoes, but I got own other stuff too. You know, I got principles. I got priorities. Like, but uh, I treat myself. I work hard. What makes you work hard? Because uh, you have the sickest work ethic. I mean, we tried getting you on the show last week, man. I mean, we went to the cup party. Baji, I, I, I got to bring this up, man. We went to the cup party, uh, Chico Booms and Exotics cup party. Mm. And we went, what was it, Sunday, right, Bazio? Yeah. And <laughs> I'm talking to Chico, and Chico's like, Danny's not here yet. He's on his way. I'm like, oh, on his way from, from Jersey? No, 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 man. He's on his way from somewhere else. He flew out from Jersey, went and taught a class, finished class at 6, jumped on a plane at 7, got here at 8, 9, jumped on stage, taught his class, party chill with us went back to work the next day jumped to the plane and it was in the barbershop i'm like this dude i mean are you half machine bro what's the I secret mean, most people would what's the secret man? <laughs> health is wealth bro and i'll be in the gym every day i try to eat right you know what i mean i try to take care of myself because wow. i know i gotta be up for 14 hours i know i gotta move around i know i'm only sleeping for five hours tonight and if i ate a whole bunch of fried chicken last night i get up in the morning i don't feel like working out i'm gonna be one lazy sluggish person you know and it's not just about being fit, it's the way I feel. Like, I get up in the morning, even if I slept three, four hours, I'll still go to the gym for half an hour, jump on that treadmill, get my blood pumping, get me going. And it changes the way I feel throughout the whole day, bro. So to me, that morning workout, if you look up successful people, they all do something active in the morning. Whether it's riding a bike, whether it's on the treadmill, whether it's swimming, whether it's jump rope, whether it's working out in the gym. They all do something active. That's how they start their day. So I could walk in the shop at 9 o'clock in the morning looking like they just woke up out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> My man, I'd be like, damn, D, what the hell? Like, where's all this energy? I've been up since 5.30, bro. My guy was at a cut party, partying with us, and goes to work the next day. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't nowhere. Like, nothing, no big deal. <laughs> I, no, I, I actually stuck around for two days because me and Boom did that, uh, the motivational speech and the, the bar battle in the prison. Oh, yeah, we, right. had, we had Chico Boom on the show. He was talking about that. How did that go? That was super humbling and awesome, bro, because I was supposed to leave Monday. And when he told me about that, I changed my flight, and I'm, I'm staying for this, you know. And they actually have a barbering course in the prison where you can leave prison with a barber license. They have a full-blown barber shop in the prison. Whoa. So they got a lot of guys that are inspiring barbers, you know. That's pretty sad. I told Chico after that event there was going to be a hell of a waiting list for that program. Yeah, bro, that's <laughs> crazy. Because they had us outside in the rec yard. Macho, uh, Macho was with you guys, right? Yeah, yeah. It was tell, me, me t- tell me that dude ain't hilarious, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Matches at another level, bro. Yo, so, and you know, feeding off that or, or, or you know, touching on that since we're touching on your work ethic and stuff. I follow you on Facebook. You've been my friend on Facebook. I've known you for a long time. Um, on that work ethic, man, because me, me and Bazio struggle with that as well, and we do what we can, and you know, we we want to provide. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I see you post about your kids all the time, man. You got unconditional love for your kids. But how do you find that balance, man? To that barber out there that's working 10, 12 hours a day grinding trying to open a barbershop trying to open up multiple barbershops trying to you know become a platform artist or anything like that or an educator how do you find that balance between family time and your grind time you'll never find a total balance i'm gonna just keep it real there'll never be a total balance but there can be a secure balance there can be a comfortable balance you know when i'm home i'm home bro you know like mondays if i don't have a class or if i'm not away which today was one of the first times in a while 
I pick up my kids at 3 o'clock from school, and that's it. I dedicate that time to them because I'm around. You know what I mean? Tuesdays is my lighter day. I work 9 to 2.30, so I can pick up my kids at 3 o'clock so I can be with them and run some of my errands with them if need be. But now Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I pump. You know? A lot of times Saturday, I'm going away. I'm not coming back till Monday night. And they get it, you know? But once in a while, if I go to a certain city and it's a nice city, they got a nice pool, they come with me, you know? I work. They enjoy the trip. I'm cool with that, you know? So... I find ways of doing things with them as much as I can because, hey, it could be worse. I could be working overnights. I could be working even more hours, you know, but they're proud of what dad's doing. And even like when they're out and they see like the response I get sometimes from people, like they kind of get it. And that's, that's what makes it even that much more dope. And they understand it'll pay off later on. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, speaking of getting to the shop early, Bozzy, I've seen some posts from Danny Man, him and his business partner. I'm talking 5.30 in the morning, man. Like, yo, my boy's blessing me at 5.30 in the morning, getting me laced up before we start the day. I'm like, what, how do you convince your business partner to do that, man? Because I, I can't convince Bozzy to do that. I can't. I tried. That's my man, though. <laughs> like, my, but I don't do it all the time, you know? Like, I used to hit him once in a while. Now I hit him, like, once a month. Or if I got a big show or I got something going on, I come on here, bro. Like, I don't even bother nobody. But once in a while, it's like, you know what? I need a good cut. Like, I need a cut cut. Like, come yeah. on, bro. Like, you come in at five thirty for me. You come in at six, and like that's my brother, man. Like we do whatever for each other. Like it's more than just a barber. And me and him have grown together. Like I watched him grow, and I remember him coming from another competitive barber shop that had just shut down because some other activity was going on. <laughs> and sure enough, he came straight to me. I let him rock out for three days. Came to me at the end of the week, like yo, what I owe you? I was like nothing, bro. Welcome to your new spot. And he never forgot that. To this day, he still mentions that. You know. And he went from just being a great employee to my partner at the first shop. Now he owns a small percentage at the third location. Like, and we eat together, bro. I got a call to cut DJ Khaled. I was in Seattle. Who got the call? He got it. It went to him. He's now Khaled's official new New York barber. You know what I mean? And to see my man do that, that's awesome. Like, that's dope. Like, that's what's up. So, so I remember we live together, bro. That's the way it works. You know what I mean? Definitely. And he's he's mean with the Clippers too. He's the one that that, that did the the fastest fade, right? Yeah, three and fifteen minutes. Man, that that was crazy. We need to get him on the show three too, man. Three and fifteen minutes. Three and fifteen. Yeah, minutes. I thought I was fast, bro. You got Bobby struggling to do one an hour. I'm saying one an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll never forget the first time I met you in person, Danny. It was it was you know one of the first right. exotics tour battle battles here down in Tampa. We ate at okay. Acropolis. You remember that? We had a little private party at Acropolis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I remember, and, and that's why I can appreciate something about you, because real recognize real. You know I mean, me and you, we didn't go at it, because it's not fighting. It's, it's just it's debating. It's a healthy conversation. And we went at it, appointments versus not taking appointments. Has your mindset changed on that? Or do you still believe in not accepting appointments and just strictly walk-ins at your shops? No, I, I, I'm, I, it wasn't me then because I've been appointment only for years. Like, the shop itself, they all have appointments too. Like, maybe it wasn't me, but I, I, I might have fought with you over having the appointments, but I'm definitely heavy on appointment. I can't do walk-ins. So you are appointment-based, okay. Yeah, the shop is walking. But me personally, I might do like one or two walk-ins and if they do, they on the couch for a couple hours before they get the trip. Got you. But me, it's like literally I'm booked every half hour two every hour normally it's the same guy every single week at the same time like thursday 9 9 30 10 10 30 11 12 2 3 30 all the way till 7 same people every week and it's the same person in the same slot 
every single week. Same person. You're now friends. You're my 9.30, you know my 9 o'clock, you know my 10 o'clock. You see each other every single week. You see this new guy on the couch, you know I'm trying to squeeze him in. Who's the new guy? Where'd he come from? Like, yeah, I have to kill it, bro. I'm trying to school Unless they go on vacation or they sick, bro, that's it. They got those spots locked in. And for me, I don't walk in hoping, I walk in no. That's guaranteed money I make every week, you know? That's a beautiful thing. Call me if you can't come. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Don't don't blow my phone up. Don't text me. Don't call me. Don't don't no. You have a room put in the Just keep it. Don't text me unless you can. Yeah. Exactly. Take that body time, and I'll become a slave to my phone. <laughs> I man, I I try to new new barbers that are coming in. I try to you know kind of teach them how to how to set up appointments and do the recurring thing like how you do. They don't listen to me. Before you know it, I see them. I see them on the phone plugging in appointments more than they cut in here. <laughs> And a lot of time doing that, and then you're not taking the full attention to the client in your chair mm -hmm. because you're too busy on the phone. And when you're on the phone too much, if you look at that client, they're taking that deep breath like, you know, and you're going to lose a client off something like that. And that's the last reason you want to lose a client for. So do you do your appointments manually or through, or through like a, an app or something? I do them manually, but truthfully, I've been thinking about moving into the app. I'm just a little... You should... If you get a chance, Danny, go to the app so you should check out our, our app. I remember I told you a while ago when I saw you yeah. at, at that Tampa show five years ago. We have an app for all three locations, and the customers can go on anytime they want to and just sync an appointment right through their phone. So it, it makes it pretty convenient for the customer and the barber. Yeah, because this way then I call you like, what time is it again? Exactly. They, they, don't even, they don't even have our barber's numbers, man, because, you know, people, like, you know. You know how it is, man. You, you have your customers trained. You have your clients trained, and they know. You know what I mean? But when you're up and coming new, when I was one, two years in, man, people don't respect, bro. They call you at 11, 12. They don't care. Hey, can you cut me? I like, spend it for a while, and then they wonder why I answer them back. <laughs> like, yeah, it's 6.30 in the morning. Bro. I like, go, you're at the like, gym. Exactly, at the gym, not in the morning. <laughs> I have business hours, too, bro. Call me during those. Oh, that's beautiful. You know what I mean? And they got to respect my time like I respect theirs. And they, they get it, you know? So, so Danny, you know, we've touched on this subject before, but I'd love to pick your brain on it, especially because you, like, you're so involved in Andis and the educating and stuff like that, but uh, where do you see this industry in the next five years, especially because of this this blend that's going on now? I'm sure you, you've noticed it. You know what's going on. All these yeah. undercuts, all these comb-overs. It's almost like the salon style is mixing with our sharp lines and our blurry fades. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, 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 like it's like mixing. It's blending. Where do you see the industry in the next five years? I see that changing. Like, we've watched the, the world evolve for a long time where one of the first cuts when I first came into the industry, everything was a two and a zero, a one and a half and a zero. Yeah. High and top, you know? And then it went into everybody had braids. People that shouldn't have braids have braids. <laughs> hey, I have braids, bro. <laughs> I had braids twice, what I'm saying. I have braids. <laughs> <laughs> I had him cut him off and then grew him back again. And hey, I, I? Hey, I, I had me, I had me hang time, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. And it worked for the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm a white dude with the braids in '99, and it works too, bro. You know? <laughs> yeah. So what do you, what do you see in the next five years? It's gonna change because then we went from the braids to the mohawks, and then from the mohawks to the comb overs, now from the comb overs to the undercuts, and. I'm starting to see some people with some of the shorter cuts, but now with products at an all-time rise, yeah, I don't see the hair going away anytime soon, you know? So there's definitely going to be certain changes, but I don't see a huge change anytime soon. Like, 
maybe the beard thing might fade away just a little bit for the guys that really aren't beard guys, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But other than that, hair's in. Products are in. And me being at all these hair shows, watching all these product companies, like I just started working for Gibbs Grooming. I don't know if you guys knew about that. That's but dope. I've been working for them for the last four months, ever since BarberCon. Like, BarberCon is when they, like, made me official. And it works for me because it's not conflict of interest with anyone. Everybody's product is different, you know. Me and Kurt are me and Kurt. Me and Exotics are me and Exotics. Me and Endis is me and Endis. And me and them is me and them, you know. So that's how I've been so busy lately. So it's like if I'm not working for somebody this weekend, I'm working for somebody else next weekend. That's, and, that's beautiful. Hey, that's I'm sick, taking bro. And you're going gonna, gonna to be at the Orlando premiere, right? I saw you announce that on your Facebook. I, yeah, I, I think yeah. I commented on your post that um, I don't know if you know, but we're launching our own homegrown uh, company here. We're going to have our own booth at the Orlando yep. premiere, and we're, we're launching our product awesome. this year. So we're pretty and excited about that. Like that, I'm seeing a lot of barbers, you know, creating products and stylists creating products. Like the hair shows are getting bigger. The bar battles are getting bigger. Products are getting bigger. So I don't see the hair going anywhere right now, especially since. And it's like if you got products, you got to have something that product sells. You know what I mean? Like I'm working for gigs. I got a beard, though. You know, if you're selling upon me, you got to have some type of hair. You know, like if you're selling skincare, you better not have pimples all over your face. Like, <laughs> this is true. You know, like if you're promoting a product, you got to be able to use it. So you're probably going to look the way you need your product to sell. Okay. Cool. So, Danny, we're going to um, move on to another segment of the show. And um, what we do is we Snapchat um, and we just ask for questions from, from the viewers of the podcast and our YouTube channel and stuff. So, uh, you cool with answering some of those questions? Yeah. All right, cool. So, Slammed Enough, he asked, as a 17-year-old rookie barber, what do I need to do to progress and learn faster? That's the problem. You can't learn anything fast. Nothing good comes fast, you know? It takes time. It takes persistence, and it takes consistency, you know? Like, guys that work out, you want to get big fast. It's not going to happen, you know? Great analogy. You want to cut hair. You want to learn how to cut hair fast. It's not going to, like, you got to pace yourself. And if you've been cutting the same guy over and over for the last two, three years, you're going to cut his hair faster, you know? Wait, so so, so what you're trying to tell me, Danny, is if I go to the gym for a week, I won't look like you? Possibly <laughs> not, bro. I mean, but, but I'm trying really hard, and I'm working out really fast. That's not going to work. It's not, it's not going to work? <laughs> you're going to be there and have a Big Mac and a diet soda. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, with, with the diet soda. <laughs> with the diet soda, you gotta watch that calorie intake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, shit. cool. So, so D Shiznit, um, I would definitely change that that uh, that Snapchat. Yeah, you name. gotta change that name, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's number one. <laughs> First and foremost, before we get to your question, okay. you need to change that name. Cool. So, his, uh, what advice would you guys give to a young, ambitious person trying to uh, elevate themselves to become more successful? Uh, surround yourself around people that are successful. Pay attention. Like, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Instagram, if your name is for Shizzle Manizzle, I'm not really going to pay attention to your page. It doesn't inspire me. It's not successful. But other stuff that other people that have the successful stuff going on, that's positive to me. That's motivating to me. So I'm going to keep following them, keep watching them, keep paying attention to them. It's going to inspire me to want more and do more. But if you're the most successful person in your group, you need a new group. Mm. Oof. That's boss. Find a new group. Cool. Find a new group, man. So, so the next like, one. I, I feed off of my clients. Certain clients that 
are successful in what they do, whatever craft they're in, whether if it's a real estate owner, whether if it's a couple of my clients that own bars, whether if it's a couple guys that are in, uh, you know, law enforcement and have elevated, like it's different ways to elevate in any career, you know, but you got to want it. And I'm sure, I'm sure you would, it's funny, man, because um, ever since I've been like, you know, I've been really working hard. My work ethic has been, has been, you know, growing. I've been, I've been pushing a lot. Um, I've noticed that the, the type of clientele I've been attracting are like-minded. Do you have that same, that same thing going on? Absolutely. You built, cause it's more than a haircut, you know, mm. it's that experience. It's feeding off each other. Like I've been cutting um, Denzel Washington's stunt for a while. What? So wait, 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 wait. That faded beard that I have on my face now that inspired me to tell my man right here, Bazio, to give me that faded beard, that's Danny Memorian's invention? I definitely did something very similar. I can't say it's just mine. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, that, so, so on the baller set, that haircut, that's you? No, that's not me. That's okay. Okay, okay. He, he has a barber in Miami, and my man's actually going to play in New York right now. Got you, got you, got you. And the first time I cut his hair, you know, we sat there and we had a conversation for 45 minutes to an hour. A good conversation, you know. And when I left, I did the same thing like I did for a client. Like, hey, I know you're busy. I know you got a lot going on. And so do I. My schedule is busy. There's no way I'm walking out of my barbershop 3 o'clock in the afternoon to run to go up do a house call. I don't do that. I do early mornings. I do late nights. I have structure in my shop. My clients pay me well, you know. So for me to do it for an Instagram picture, no, nah, I'm cool with that. Like, this is a business. Yeah. So I created a structure with him, and I said, hey, I know you're busy, so am I. Like, is there a certain day you want me to come up there? Just let me know the date, time. I don't call you. You don't call me. I show up to your doorstep. I'll take care of you, and I'll go on my way. See, that's what, that's, what awesome. I love, that's what I love about my guys, man, my barbers. We, we have a lot of professional athletes that go to our barbershop, and the reaction is the same way. We've had them come in, and you got, you know, 12, 15 people waiting. They're like, hey, uh, can, I, uh, can I get a cut? Well, there's 15 people waiting. Well, do you know who I am? Well, it doesn't matter who you are, bro. There's 15 yeah. people waiting. Put your name on a list. You ain't got an appointment. I don't yeah. care who you are. And it's, that's the thing. It's like just with anybody, egos kill everything, you know. And it's you got to be, you know, you got to wait just like everybody else. But yeah. it was more of he liked the fact that I created that structure. But not only was it structure, the text message I got back was awesome. Let's lock in every first of the month, every Thursday at 7 a.m. Cool. And, yo, man, I loved your energy. I loved your vibe, yo. Like, I felt like, we, you know what I mean? Like, we clicked well. And to me, that's what really made him want me to keep coming back. Well, they, you know what I mean? They want, more than that haircut. People want positive people around them. They don't want all that negativity around them. They got they got plenty of that. You feed off people's energy, and I'm, I'm an energy guy. You know? yeah. And if you walk into the shop, and if you ask me anything, you've never, ever, ever seen me anywhere and say, D, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm terrible. I'm broke, I'm miserable, and I'm ready to fucking fall up the crap. Even if I was stressed out, even if I was broke, even if my wife kicked me out of the house, are you not going to hear me stressed? How are you? I'm great, I'm wonderful, I'm amazing. Fake it till you make it, baby. It ain't even just fake it till you make it, because nobody wants to hear that, bro. No one wants to feel that, because I could be the happiest person in the world, walk into the barbershop, sit in your barber chair, yo, D, what's going on, man, how you doing? Man, listen, bro, this girl, and that's it. I was happy until you just gave me all your stress. Yeah. My energy just dropped. But now you're going through it with your girl, and you sit in my chair, and I'm like, man, listen, and my energy brings you up. I just elevated your whole mood by our conversation. Not only am I about to lace you and give you a haircut because your girl just broke up with you, and you need to go out back in the streets. 
you know? So <laughs> we could change him in so many different ways, bro. But it's more of that combo. It's more of that uh, that energy that they feed off. So we got another question here from Ed Winnie underscore zero three eleven. What's the top five machines you got you would recommend overall? Like to cut long hair on top, also to fade, detail, and line up. I know uh, you're my, going Andes. <laughs> yeah, all day. So my top roster right now, rotary motors, super and the ZR. Fire. Got number one. I keep a master in the cut. Always. Master. You want something with a surgical blade, you're gonna get yourself a fade clip with a gold joint. It's only like $39, it comes with a zero and a one guard. You're trying to get that skin tight line out, you're trying to get that nice clean burst fade, that's the one right there. They don't snag, they don't tug, nothing, you know? And that's also a magnetic joint, similar to the master. And then with liners, I got I can't even say five, I gotta say my three. I got a GTXT outliner. I use one of the little T-edgers, that's my little detail joint right there. Yeah. And I use the Slimline Pro, the lithium ion, the all chrome when, when I want to go wireless. Nice. Now, let me ask you a question. We, we have more questions, but this is one from, from, from me and Basio. You mentioned the master, and that yeah. thing is timeless. That's like my go-to, yeah. period. Yeah. If, I, if, you, if you had to tell me, you had to put a gun in my hand and tell me you, you can only have one, I'm, I'm keeping my master. But, I mean, that clipper's what, 40 years old, 50 years old? No, man. I mean, do you feel like they've improved upon that? Like, are they getting better? They are getting better, and I'm going to tell you something right now. Wait the next few months, bro. Wireless masters? Wait wait the next few months, bro. Are we we breaking news in the barber session? Wireless masters? Wait wait, wait the next few months, bro. That's all he can say. Okay, that's all I can hear. Hey, you got people people excited right now. I'll tell you what. I was excited when I got a list of stuff. (laughs) June to August to September to December Ooh-hoo-hoo. to hey well, hey, well, you know where I stay. We would love to do a review on them over here at the barber <laughs> session. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, I always get them first. I got to <laughs> No, I remember when you got the ZRs. I was like, oh, my God. How do I get my hands on those? I got a couple nice things still in the arsenal right now. Never hit the market. Some might not even hit the market. Like, that's one of the benefits of some of this stuff, too. We wow. get prototypes to everything. That's crazy. Dope. Hey, like, I had that ZR before it hit the market. Like, way before it hit the market. Oh, I know. <laughs> I got the ZRs. I love those. The ZRs are dope, man. I'm an MVP guy all the way. So, when those came out, I was like, gotta have them, period. Same here, bro. I was an MVP guy because of the, the width of it. You know? I, bro, I, I cannot stand. I don't know if you feel the same way. I know. I don't know how Bosio feels. But me, personally, I cannot stand the shape, the texture, and the weight. Just the way it feels in my hand of the BGRs. The MVP, to me, is clutch. It is yeah. one of the best detachable bit clippers I've ever used, period. I like the BGRs. I don't like the BGRs, man. The texture of them, they feel slippery. They're heavy. They're, they're, they're I mean, round. The wireless, though. That was like our first rotary wireless clip. Yeah. So just being able to go rotary wireless was like, oh, my God, you know? Yeah. And if you're already used to holding an Oscar 76er, that's not that much heavier. Yeah. And it's quieter. Yeah, yeah, man. But to me, it doesn't compare to the MVP, man. The feel of the uh, MVP. Uh, the uh, MVP feels almost like a trimmer. so light. He's called that for that reason, bro. It was my most valuable player. That was my joint right there. <laughs> When that super came out, it was sorry MVP <laughs> in the, the in the collection box. So this is a great question right here. OGK four five seven one. He asked, "Do you re- recommend cutting the Andes T outliners?" No. Ooh, I like this question. I never really saw. I a like big, the answer. <clears throat> big purpose for it. It looks cool. Awesome. It looks cool. You go around the ear a little better. Really? Was it that difficult prior? 
people have been going around the ear for decades with this trimmer. Like, you had to cut it off to do that, you know? I have one that one of my barbers made for me. It's custom, it's purple, you cut the top, got a switch on it, it looks super cool. Does it make a big difference? No, my other GTXs hit just as hard. But as soon as you do that, that warranty for that clipper is gone. If it causes a fire, if it creates something, oh, first wow. thing the person is gonna say is damn and this trimmer. No, you modified it. It's damn you or whoever you gave it to to modify it. So hopefully you send it to the right person to modify it. Wow. This is so, true. So there you go. If you don't know, you now cut you know. those T outliners. Yeah, you don't lose just be going home and grabbing your dad's sawzall and thinking, <laughs> I'm just going to make this thing look like the one I saw on Instagram. Because I don't recommend it. You start tuning stuff up, start changing plugs, changing wires, and then the barbershop catches on fire overnight. I have another question for you, but before I do, man, I'm sorry, and Bosnia might get upset with me because I'm, I'm going off script here, Danny, but it is what it is, man. This is just natural. We're kicking <laughs> it. We're having a conversation. I got a bone to pick with you, bro. You're an Andis guy. I'm an Andis guy, but you see behind the scenes, and don't take this the wrong way, but what is up with the signal ma single magnet guards, bro? Uh, the double uh, magnets are where it's at. What's up with these single back. magnets? Huh? Doubles the doubles are back. The doubles are back. Where can, where can, where can they get Where the can we get them? I'm dying. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can find them on the Andis website, but if not, one of our biggest distributors is the Atlanta Barber and Beauty. But we okay. got the doubles back. The doubles been back for the past few months. Okay. But the main reason they made the singles was those doubles don't fit on an Envy or that Fade Clipper or any one of our Yeah, US I bought ones. the Envies, and I learned that, yeah. The singles fit on those, and yeah. the singles will fit on the Masters, so they mm -hmm. did it so they didn't have to have two sets of the magnetics, but... The demand was high for the double prong, so we brought them back. Man, there's people on e yo, it's like Jordan, bro. There's people on eBay selling the pack of uh, the doubles, bro, for a hundred dollars. <laughs> Did you know that? Since you can't find them. It's like no, a pack of. It's like Jordans. Where can you get them? I know you got some. <laughs> I know you got some in that station somewhere, man. I know you do behind that box right there. At least the one sixteenth and the one eighth, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane, yo. Andy's just creating that, that Jordan. Bro, it's, that like, Jordan. it's like a feeding frenzy. So, <laughs> so Danny, we got... Like, go ahead. I said I tell Andy this all the time because, you know, it's, we, we, we're who we are, you know? And I'm like, you guys got a clipper company that's the Jordan brand of clippers. I don't think y'all understand that. You can put these five letters on anything and it'll sell. So... I've tried to convince him into making like a lot of other stuff and getting into different fields where eventually they might want to. But I feel like if Anders creates anything that is barber related, it'll sell, you know? Yeah. This is true. It is that Jordan brand. Look how many guys are walking around with trunners thinking they got retros on. Why? Because they got a jump in on it? Knock it off. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Yo, so. What are those? What are those? <laughs> Yo, so we got another question here. I can't see the name of, of the person who submitted it, but. Uh, how long should the average should an average haircut take? To me, my limit is truthfully half an hour. That's my goal, you know? Sometimes I might take 35, 40, depending on how intricate you're getting with this haircut and depending on how much he tips. Yeah. But true. preferably, I'd like to do two every hour. But if you can't do two every hour, take your 45 minutes. Take your time. People don't want a fast, bad haircut. They want a good, longer haircut. But don't let him sit in the chair for more than an hour because then his ass is numb and he wants to go to some other <laughs> That's what I try to tell a lot of our guys that are new that, you know, they get in the shop and uh, I don't think you've ever been to our location. But no. we're, we're, it's it's pretty crazy, Danny. Like, you can ask anybody that's in the Tampa area, man. You, you walk in there, location plan, and it's, it's fast-paced. A lot of young barbers come in and they're overwhelmed. Because they see, you know, the lobby and there's 15 people waiting and all everybody's cutting hair, all the chairs are spinning and they get overwhelmed. They want to they want to get the next, you know, rush this one out to get the next one out. And I try to explain to them, listen, you got to get quality before you get quantity. 
Because if you do 15 haircuts today and 14 of them came out messed up, none of those people are going to come back to you, one. And the people that are waiting are seeing what you're doing, and they're not going to want to sit with you. But if you do 10 or 8 and you lock in those 10 or 8, next thing you know, next week you're doing those 10 or 8 again, plus another 10 or 8 that are walk-ins. And before you know it, you're booked. Yep. I cut you once, I call it a contract. (laughs) I like that. I love that. (laughs) I cut you once, I'm going to cut you forever. Because I'm going to give you the best haircut you ever got. And I'm going to lock you in and put you right in my book. I don't want to cut you one time and never see you again. That defeats the purpose. Yeah. Stop rushing to get that next dollar because you're rushing to get that next dollar. Today's going to be the only time you see those two. You want to make $1,000 this week and 400 next week? And I had this talk with one of my new barbers where by the day he gave a haircut that I wasn't happy with. And I pulled him to the side and I told him. And he's looking at me like, you didn't like that? Like, no, I didn't like that. I didn't like this, <laughs> this, and this, and this. And I was like, let's keep it real. How many months have you been here? And how many people have you cut twice? Mm. And eyes popped open. My man, you need to make sure you give a person the best haircut you could ever give them the first time. I don't need you to walk into a busy shop and give people bad haircuts and they never come back to my shop because I can fire you tomorrow and they're going to say that they went to Clippers and got this bad haircut. Not to you, bro. Yep. Take your time, man. Take your time. And instead of being on Instagram looking at girls, look at some videos, bro. Pay attention to some barbers that are really teaching you how to do stuff. Instagram is free. YouTube is free. Yeah. DVD might cost you some money, but instead of buying those two hundred dollar joints, buy some damn barber and DVD. Yeah. They won't buy you some more joints anyway. This is true, and I, and I got a shout out my man here, Danny. I don't know if you know, but my, my my business partner here, Bosio, has his own YouTube channel. I gotta congratulate him one more time, man. He just hit Danny. I don't know if you knew. He just hit over fifty thousand subscribers on YouTube. Awesome. That's dope, bro. No, that's that's huge, man. And people don't understand how important that is, and how even financially stable you can get off of. YouTube, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. there's so many different ways to get paid in this world, bro. But if you sitting around not doing that and wait for it to come to you, good luck. Man, I'm trying to have ten fishing lines in the water, man. I'm a, something's gonna hit. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's what it is, man. Eventually, something will hit, bro. It's all about how much pressure you apply to it. Yes, sir. So, Danny, what's next for you? Where do you see yourself? in the next five years. What's next for Danny and Memorian? You're doing the exotics thing, and we really didn't touch base on that, but you're one of the main pillars in exotics. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're the host well, at all the I battles, mean, you keep company, it live, it's, it's phenomenal. Touches, yeah. he's one of the pillars. <coughs> what's the next way, for you? What's next? I really don't know what's next, because sometimes when you plan stuff, it don't happen, but when opportunity knocks and you're prepared for it, you gotta grasp it, you know? And I never thought I'd be working for another product company, which is Gibbs right now. Like, I didn't think that would happen. When I opened up my third location, I didn't think that would happen, you know? So right now I'm pretty stable with the three shops and the three companies I'm working for. I got two kids and there's only 12 hours, I mean, 24 hours in a day, you know? So I'm already running on low steam. But hey, if an opportunity comes about, like personally, I just bought, I play with a little bit of real estate too, you know? Like I own my own home that I live in. I own the building in one of my shops, and I just bought my mom a crib, and I'm renovating wow. it now for her, you know, and it's an investment for me, too, because now, God willing, I want to be able to start investing in properties and buying properties, so then when I'm 45, 50 years old, and I got my son in the barbershop pumping, I'm not working 60 hours a week. I'm collecting mortgages, I'm collecting rents, and I'm creating my own retirement plan, bro. Barbers don't got a 401k, my man, you know? That is so, great advice, man. People, a lot of barbers don't reinvest and invest their money, man. They just, yeah, it's bro. like water, bro. Yeah, you got money sitting in the bank. It's not doing nothing. You got to invest it, but you got to invest it the right way. 
Like I said, I own a lot of sneakers, but that's not where my money goes, you know? <laughs> like, I can buy sneakers when I need it, but I own stuff that is an investment. Like, I'm worth something now, you know what I mean? Like, and I started from the bottom, and hey, man, like, it's awesome I can do this. And buy, like, you buy the investment that pays for the Jordans. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and it's you gotta work a couple extra hours to buy those Jordans, then you work, you working for them. But now, when you've already created these investments, where you can grab some money from your investment to pay for your Jordans, that's how you make your money. Who, who was it that says it, Buzz? I forgot the, the the motivational speaker. When you have, and I usually don't curse on the podcast, but whatever. When you have fuck it money, oh, yeah, <laughs> when you have fuck it money, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, but until then, stop getting a car with an eight hundred dollar car payment so you can drive up the block and act like you're stunt. Bars. First one to get something from the dollar menu at the damn McDonald's. <laughs> like, come on, bro. It's like Are you. you food? Like, you really cheating yourself, your health? You want to buy the cheapest thing on the menu, but you got a $50,000 car sitting outside? Yeah. At least, man. Don't <laughs> fake it till you make it, bro. Drive a Honda Accord and buy yourself a house. It's like you said, man. You you, you were saving hundreds of dollars and just and keeping 20-something dollars in your pocket. I yeah, mean, you, man. you had to always feel broke, but at the end of the day, you knew you was you was paying yourself first. Yeah, you know, and it, I knew I had a pillow. So when you got a pillow, you sleep a whole lot better. Than that, <laughs> it's you so know? it's so funny to me, man, because I'm the sports guy. Everybody <coughs> knows I'm the sports guy. And a couple of weeks ago was the NFL draft. And when they interview these guys, Danny, <clears throat> the first thing they say that you know when they tell them, "What's the first thing you want to buy?" And the first thing they answer is, "I want to buy my mother a house." Mm-hmm. And you just you just said something that really touched me and touched home. You bought your mother a house. And you always say these in, in all of your speeches and all your motivational speaking and on your Instagram page. You're always saying that because my wife gets it and, and, it, and it pisses her off. Oh, you're just a barber. She gets that all the time. Man. My wife's a teacher and we live in a high-end area. And then, you know, what does your husband do? He's a barber. Oh. He's just a barber. So I love how you jab back at people and you always say, you know, hey, my clippers are taking me all around the world, but I'm just a barber. You know what I mean? So you just bought your mother a house. Here these dudes are getting drafted and they're about to be millionaires overnight. And the first thing we want to do is buy their mother a house. And here you are, just a barber, and you bought your mother a house. Mm. You know, eat on that because you're just a barber. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? But hey, man, it's all about how bad you want it, bro. Like I said. And it's a blessing being able to just be a barber to do the stuff that I do. And people ask, do I want to be rich? No, I want to be wealthy. Being rich has a lot of headaches. Being wealthy is being able to do what you want, whenever you want, however you want to, you know? And my kids live pretty well, you know? My son don't walk around wearing no Spider-Man sneakers. I see I see you're building your daughter her own little kitchen, too. She's going to be a chef, I see. She's going to be my little chef boy RD, man. <laughs> I'm souped about that, you know, taking her to cooking classes and buying her all types of chef stuff, whatever she wants, she can get, you know, like that's an investment to me. I invest in my kids too. So then you're okay with your son being a barber? Yeah, he's going to He. Uh, this is my thing with him. He doesn't have to be a barber, but he's going to know how to cut hair. Yeah. I don't care. He's going to know how to you're cut You're going to give him a craft that he can always carry with him no matter what. Yeah. So whatever you decide to do, if it doesn't work, you can do this. You will always have this to fall back on because when I picked it up at his age, I didn't pick it up as it was going to be my career. It was something I picked up as a hobby. The hobby turned into my career. So my son thinks he's going to be an NBA ball player or he's going to be a commentator. And I put him through basketball. You know, he's playing well. Like, I put him in all the good leagues and I pay for him to do And I'm investing in his basketball. But you're going to learn how to cut hair, bro. So when you're in <laughs> basketball camp and you're in college, your roommate's going to need haircuts. That's How are you going to make money? You don't get paid when you're in college. You don't get paid when you're in high school. That's I'm right. not going to keep buying you these damn phone posits. They're $200. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Bazio's son, man, cute, cute, man, too cute. But a couple months ago, they had a career day. And my man showed up. He's five years old, bro. My dude showed up with, with, with his father's barber jacket, his clippers, and he showed the school. And he said, man, I want to be a barber just like my dad. <laughs> and it's like just stuff like that. When we were kids, there wasn't that, bro. No. Not you at know? all. No. Like it wasn't that. Like, I grew up, I grew up in Miami, Danny. So all I remember from uh, from barbering was the old Cuban dude that would Zeke me up and give me a freaking <laughs> you know a, a flat top. <laughs> Portuguese guy with a spaghetti mustache that he yep. died. <laughs> yeah, and it's like he just gives you whatever he wants to give you, and everybody's smoking cigarettes in the barbershop. Yep, you know, like reading the paper. <laughs> yeah. You sat in a barbershop on Saturday for like six hours just to try to get a cut in between these old men. Yeah. You know. So it was never inspiring to me. Like, I want to be like him when I grow up. But now, my nephews right now are in high school taking cosmetology courses because they want to be a barber because of me, you know? That's crazy. And they came to one of my classes at Greg's because they had to do a project for school, and they wanted to do the project on me. These guys showed up to my class, white dress shirt, black ties, black slacks, black shoes. They looked fresher than me. (laughs) I was like, yo, you little ninjas. Like... (laughs) I've never seen them dressed like that, you know? They got somebody to look up to. Absolutely. To me, it was more of they wanted to dress the part, you know? And I love that. Like, that was awesome to me. And you're you're mentioning that, and I cannot believe that we're all the way through through this episode right now with you. And one of the staples, one of the questions that we ask everyone was, you know, was born through your Instagram page. You put a post. It was probably about three months ago, right? You put a post up. And you said uh, nine times out of ten, I'll choose passion over talent any day of the week. So that's passion, what your nephews are doing. That's, you know, showing up like that, that's passion. So I got to ask you, even though I already know the answer, but if you can elaborate on it, passion or talent when you're hiring somebody in your shop? Over? Over is difficult. Where... Talent is awesome because talent means the guy's got a clientele, so he's going to bring traffic with him. (laughs) When it comes to a business aspect. But passion, I've hired barbers that are passionate. And one perfect one was I went to the high school where they have this barbering um, course, and it's like a Cosmo course, and I went and did a speech for the kids, you know? And one of the kids that was in the school, still in high school, 17, came to the shop in person, came to see me and said, hey, man, you inspired me in school. I want to work here. Like, you know how to cut hair? He's like, yeah, I'm all right. Bring a demo. Brought a demo and chipped him. So I'm like, listen, little man, like, I love that you want to work here, but this isn't a barber school, this is a barber shop. And you need a little more practice, you know? And I don't want to kill your dreams. You have a lot to go. You know, you're only 17 years old. A little more practice. You're still in school. Keep cutting all your friends. Offer people free haircuts so you can get better, you know? But one day, come back, and we'll make it work. Three months later, he calls me. He's like, I'm better. (laughs) I was like, great, but I don't know, man. Just give it a little more time. So he called me again a few more times from that same number, and I just didn't pick it up. (laughs) He calls me from another number, catches me, and he's asking for a job again. So I was like, I don't know, bro. You know? I was like, when do you graduate? He was like, I don't graduate till next year. Oh, so you're still in high school? He was like, yeah. I was like, nah, man. You're going to work part-time, and You're not that good. Like, I can't, bro. Maybe when you graduate high school, I can make it work. Two months later, he calls me again from another number. 
He wants to bring another demo. He wants to prove to me that he's better. Alright, bro. Do it. Sure enough, dude showed up to the shop. It wasn't that much better. It was a little better. It wasn't that much better. But his persistence, bro, did it for me. Reminded you a little bit of you, right? Yeah, this little ninja wants it, you know? <laughs> and what I'm going to do is I'm going to put him right next to me, and I'm going to get him nice. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. I put him next to me part-time, and I had to talk with him. Like, listen, bro, you got your permit already, so you're good. But certain stuff, if you can't do it, don't do it. <clears throat> if there's certain haircuts you are not comfortable with, don't put the person in your chair. Because I'm not fixing anything that comes out of your chair. Do what you're comfortable with and stick to what your comfort zone is. Meaning lower haircuts, you know, no shit cuts, no this, until you get better. But while you're sitting here being slow, you better be watching. You better be paying attention because you're getting free lessons, barbering lessons from a pretty good barber for free, bro. You know? Yeah. So take advantage of this. And no BS, bro. 18 months later, he's one of my busiest barbers in the barbershop right now. Mm, look at that. Pumping. Pumping right now. That, that's a message to everyone out there that's listening. If you're in school or you aspire to be a barber and you don't think you're there, you just got to keep pushing. You keep pushing, yeah, you keep grinding, and anything is achievable if you're willing to put in the work. Yeah. And yeah, like to see him do that, like I should shake his hand every morning and smile at him. Like, <laughs> yeah, but now he's getting a little comfortable. <laughs> you gotta, yeah, he's coming a little later because he got clients. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, no, you got you to gotta put him back. You got to bring him back. Early in the morning, man. Like he's slipping, bro. Like I know, but he's 19. He goes out. He lives a little bit. Yeah, so it's like I'm not a crazy stickler, boss, bro. Yeah. You got create structure, but don't abuse the structure. Yeah, you know? exactly. Once in a while, like whatever. Just call me and let me know. You know, that's my biggest thing. Advise me, because I never want to tell a client I don't know where you are. Yeah, most definitely. But other than that, like, like I said, I'm pretty lenient. You know, like you walk in 15, 20 minutes later, it's not like you gotta go home. You know, never good, man. All right, well, Danny, listen, so we don't run on too long, man. I'm just going to ask you one last question really quick. Who you got winning the championship this year? Is it going to be Golden State? Is it going to be Cleveland? And we'll wrap it up on that. Why you uh, left out San Antonio, bro? San Antonio oh, winning, Miami, man. San Antonio's Miami, too Heat, old, boy, man. Stop. Listen, listen, knock it off. I know you're from Florida. So <laughs> hey, don't, don't leave Miami out. Come on. Don't leave Miami. Come on now. Miami's, <laughs> Miami's got hey. something. Hey, they're, they're balling right now. But let's just keep it super funky. It's there. <laughs> Yo, I'd like to see OKC beat the Spurs, personally. They I'd might do it. They might do it. They might do it. The Spurs, are, the Spurs are starting to show their age right now. <laughs> yeah, and no, you know, they, they, they get their runs. Like, they'll do something like that and then come back and win five in a row. I know. Like, the Spurs are suspect, bro. That's what I hate about them. I can't like, stand the Spurs, bro. an old, boring team. They <laughs> win all the damn time. OKC it's versus Golden good. State sounds so much better than San Antonio Golden State. Yeah, yes. But, uh, to me, it's going to be, it might be a repeat. It might be Cleveland and Golden State. You know, that's what yeah. I'm thinking. But Steph got to be healthy, bro. Steph's not healthy. But even though they're bowling without him. Yeah, they so, are. So you're a Nick fan, huh? A diehard, bro. What's, Die what's happening there, bro? I mean, the Zen master. Hey, the Zen master. The Zen master hasn't figured it out, he bro. He was right about the rookie. Everybody laughed about the rookie. They did. He they laughed about Persingas. I was like, who the hell is this guy? He was right. Persingas is the truth, bro. Mm -hmm. But the problem with the Knicks is the main office. It's Tom Doyle. People don't like the guy that owns it. And if they don't like the person that owns it, they don't like the structure of the way they run their business, they don't want to work there. So it's you don't think... Bro, you're a ball player, but it's a business. And if you know the owner of that team is a jerk, you're not going to want to go there. If it's already got a bad feedback and people are telling you their experiences there, you don't want to go there. Nobody wants to come to New York, and especially to play with Melo because he don't pass the rock. I, I, I was just about, about to, to I was that. about to say that. So you don't think that Melo is the issue in the sense that Melo, 
I mean, Melo's got a lot of structure with that no trade clause, man. He basically has him by the balls. He can he can he, he, he can he dictate does. to them. He does. But to me, is they've never really created the right people around Melo either. Yeah. So you can't even be mad at Melo. Melo's like these guys suck. I'm shooting. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I'm not even mad at Melo because when it comes down to it, who you want to shoot, Melo? That's who you want to take over, Melo. But now when Melo don't ball, it's all Melo's fault. Yeah. You know. You do damn if you don't, bro. But how many other players on that team can you say actually show up? Other than Przingis. And Przingis, if his big ass don't stay healthy, <laughs> So, So oh. since, since you said we're Florida boys, we are Florida boys, and we are both very hardcore Heat fans. And mm-hmm. you did hear my boy, who I'm pretty sure you're a fan of as well, Stephen A., who is very well connected. You did hear what he said last week, right? No, I can't say I did. KD to Miami is, I wouldn't say a lock, he said, but it's, it's pretty much a shoe-in. And then did you see the interview they did with his mom? Where they ask him, oh, there's rumors about KD going to Miami. Her eyes got wide open like saucers, and she was like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I can't, I can't, I can't talk about that. <laughs> so what do you have to say about that, sir, since we're just I, Florida boys? I think boys. he's going to the Lakers, so I don't know. Lakers? About, Russell bro. Westbrook is going to the Lakers, my man. KD's not going to the Lakers, bro. Russell know. Westbrook's going there. One of them are going hey, to the Lakers. Hey, for as much as you want to hate on Florida, man, there's nothing like South Beach. Ooh, there is I'm, nothing I'm, like I'm, South Beach. I'm be real. The lifestyle will get you, bro. <laughs> KD, hey, KD's tired of Oklahoma, man. Nothing but tornadoes and whatever out there. He wants to go to South Beach. As long as KD's mom don't be doing like LeBron's mom did. <laughs> oh! it, it'll be all good. It'll be all good. That's why, that's why LeBron left Miami. People don't know that. He yeah, didn't want to leave. I believe it. I believe it, bro. My, my father, Danny, my father's been working for the Heat for 28 years. I'm putting you back in the house where you belong. Not <laughs> going on South Beach no more. Hey, my father's been working for the Heat for 28 years, man. He's got three championship rings. It's pretty dope, man. Uh, so he, he's pretty well connected with the Heat. And uh, it's not just LeBron's mom, man. LeBron's wife was tired. Like you said, that lifestyle. LeBron's wife was tired of having to compete with all those mamacitas down there in Miami, bro. She was she was hot. She's like, why are you getting home at 3 o'clock in the morning? The game ended at 10. What's going on? Lifestyle. She wanted Cleveland. She wanted that frozen river back over there where she had control and she had eyeballs everywhere on him. They had to get J.R. Smith out of New York. Look at him. He's he drunk. He's drunk. <laughs> yeah, he and then he's playing like shit in the morning. And now he's in Cleveland balling. Yeah, because there's yeah. nothing for you to do there's over there. nothing <laughs> in Cleveland but a frozen lake. <laughs> you got nothing to do over there. But either way, Danny, man, I really appreciate your time, bro. I'm pretty sure oh, I speak for Bosley as well. Appreciate you, you coming appreciate on, man. You, you, Like I said, you motivated us from the very beginning. Uh, and it's, it's just amazing having you on the show, man. No, my pleasure, man. It was definitely a pleasure. Like I said, a good time. So whenever y'all need me, man, I'm here, bro. I got you. For sure, brother. So all of those that are listening, we appreciate you subscribing to the podcast. Make sure you make sure you uh, share the podcast. Make sure you rate it. Make sure you leave comments. And let's get this thing rolling, man. We're already getting a lot of momentum, so we appreciate all the love. And with that being said, signing out from the, Headline Studios. The Bob Session. <laughs>